we're queers and stuff, and we're Allison, and we're Shan, and this is Vintage Lesbians. Hello and welcome to Vintage Lesbians, a personal journey of friendship and queer history where we try to set the record a little less straight. I am Shan, one of your hosts. And I'm your other host, Allison. And this is Vintage Lesbians. I liked that. That was nice. It added a little bit of like oomph to it. A little it. improvised musical number for you. Should we have a musical episode of Vintage Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know how we would accomplish that. Poorly. <laughs> we're not that talented. <laughs> um, we're coming to you, back to you, after three whole weeks off because life keeps happening to you us. You know what? We don't answer to you. <laughs> I've decided life... to be aggro with it. Oh, okay. No, I'm into this. I'm into new aggro Allison. Hey, screw you guys. Don't listen to this. No, keep listening. No, please keep listening. I've had like three or four people in the past week alone tell me that like found that they found me through my podcast or that they recognized my name because they listened to my podcast. Really? I didn't yeah. hear the story. It's because um, we literally don't talk unless we're recording an episode. This we had to we plan actually... a day. <laughs> I'm house-sitting right now, and so I haven't been home in a month. And my girlfriend, Joe is injured, so I've been over there making sure that that house is clean and tidy. And also, you just got a big old bed over there. We did get a new king-size bed, and it is the most comfortable bed I've ever slept on in my life, and I probably am not going to sleep at home for the next eight months. <laughs> and then that will be my home, so it'll be like a non-issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Time just, like needs to move a little faster in some ways and a lot slower in other ways mm-hmm. on a micro level it should slow down but on a macro speed speed it up right i'm trying to enjoy myself i'm trying to live in the moment man yeah I'm trying to enjoy my last final times with you your last my final times with you as my roommate that's true until we, we will old. see each other as much now as much then as we do now probably or more I feel like we spent more time together before you moved in. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we'll put the behind a paywall. <laughs> Speaking of paywalls, though, if you have a minute right now uh, and you want to support us a little bit, go give us a rating and a review and maybe subscribe to the podcast so that iTunes thinks that we're cool. That would be so lovely. And it costs you no dollars. That was None. a fake out. A fake out. Though if you had dollars you wanted to spend you wanted to help us pay for our hosting fees you could our give and our posting you could give seven of those dollars to us every month and uh, you return, could do that specifically at patreon.com slash vintage lespod and in return you'll get the promise of bonus the promise content, of future bonus content which it definitely will happen and we have like one bonus content we do we got right some boco and i have more planned it's just like sitting in my files waiting to be edited okay Okay. Anyway, if you want to hear us fuck up our words a bunch uh, and laugh at the stuff we cut out of the podcast, you can do that over at patreon.com slash vintage lespod. Hey, Allison. Hey, Shan. Allison, how are you doing? Oh, thank you for asking me. Um, For the first time. For the first time ever. Nothing was cut out between... How are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing well. I'm trying to think. I feel like I had interesting vignettes and stories with which to share with you mm. but they have flittered out of my head like a small butterfly a small butterfly on the wind that was a butterfly noise. is that what butterflies sound like mm-hmm. i've been house hitting a lot getting a lot of animals up in my business yeah <laughs> like are they cuddly they're cuddly and good and i love them a lot 
It's a little, like, it's been a long time. I'm hesitating for over a month, as you know. Yeah, it's a lot. Like, you haven't been near me. And it's like I'm always working, even when I'm, like, not working, you know? Yes, I do know that feeling. Because I'm not at my own home. You're not. You can't quite fully relax when you're not at your own home, Mm -hmm. I I believe. an airplane ticket with that money. Hell yeah. To go to Arizona. Hell yeah. And I will go to Las Vegas. Hell yeah. To see our friends get married, hopefully. Hey, I'll be there too. I really hope it works out with the visa and stuff. Sheesh. And then I'll come back here. And I'll be like, thanks, house setting money. I already spent most of that house setting money, though, so like hopefully I'll... Yeah, but like, you gotta live. Yeah. Shan, may I ask you a question? Yes. What's up? Oh, um, like not much. Been playing some video games. I read. Uh, been watching some good TV. What video games have you been playing? Um, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. Of course you have. Yes, that's That's, good. that's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> have you solved any crimes? I have solved three crimes. Do they solve crimes or do you just legislate yeah. crimes? I mean, we, we, yeah, you have to find the real murderer so that the not real murderer, the falsely accused, can be set free. Because you're defending the falsely accused. As I understand it, in the criminal justice system... Mm, this is a fake criminal justice system. There are two... Wait, how does it go? Equal but important entities. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's a fake criminal justice system that was invented by the creators of this game. And it's... When you started to go, this is my story. Bum bum. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I will now. Anyway. TV. I've mostly, mostly been doing that and like going to therapy and like trying to keep things together in my life and my home and stuff hey proud of you thanks um sound of finger guns do you want to learn again about a, a gay again yeah because remember we've done this one already but what? uh we re- were re-recording because we weren't happy with it Oh, that does sound familiar. Yes. Yeah, you were there. I know. <laughs> I'm just gonna like be like, oh my goodness, all this information is shocking, and I've heard it for yeah, the first just, time. Yeah, just I would now. like you to gasp at every sentence, please. <gasps> Thank you. Today we're gonna learn about Dr. Georgiana Yagiello. Who? Georgiana Yagiello. Who's she? Uh, she uh, was a doctor, mainly mm-hmm. of genetics and biology. I couldn't find much about her childhood or her family. Mm-hmm. She did have at least one sister, but all I could find about her was a comment on an online obituary wherein she called Georgina's wife, Alex, her husband in scare quotes oh. and complained that she wasn't told about the funeral. So probably not the closest of Probably not the best relationship. Probably not ideal there. Mm-hmm. What I could find about her. Yes was that she was very interested in problem-solving in science from a very young age. Nice. Did I you like that. science when you were little? I did like science when I was little, and I loved problem-solving. Like, we'd get, like, big packs of, like, puzzle books Do you like stuff. logic puzzles? I do love a logic I puzzle. I love logic puzzles. I think I have, like, two logic puzzles on that bookshelf right now. Aw, oh, man. And I don't have very many books, so that... Mm-hmm. Percentage-wise, yeah, it's Yeah, percentage-wise, it's a high number. I mean, there are more Dungeons & Dragons books... If you know, wait, that's also yeah. just one big logic puzzle. Yeah. I also really liked science, but in a way that I really liked doing experiments and learning new things. I did not like telling other people what I had learned and reporting on it. That part was boring. Mm-hmm. Yes. Agreed. That's always the worst part. And it's only science if you write it down. So I feel like I did a lot of bullshit. Is it only science if you write it that's down? That's what the Mythbusters say. 
It's bullshit, though. Observations don't have to be written down to be observations. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have to share my science with other people for it to be science. Unless you're talking about, like, capital S science, where it can be reproduced by others, and to be reproduced by others, it should be written down. She was really interested specifically in biology, and she felt a great sense of responsibility for other people and their needs, probably because she was born a girl mm-hmm. and raised as such. Yes. But that was on top of being really smart. Mm-hmm. She won a National Science Award in 1944 at Plainville High School. So she would have been 17 okay. when she won that. Nice. Dang. Pretty cool. And that and her other academic potential earned her a scholarship to Boston University College of Liberal Arts, where she got her Bachelor of Arts in 1949. And then she went on to Tufts University School of Medicine, where she got her degree in 1955. She was the first woman appointed to the Institute of Advanced Study and the University of Illinois in 1964. I was going to ask, so she got her degree in medicine? Mm-hmm. In, in 1955, yeah. That would have been so hard. Yeah. The fact that she, she went through all of that, probably like the abuse and the cajoling from other people, and she was still like, by all accounts, a really nice lady who was kind to everyone, which makes sense given who she married. Who'd she marry? You... Are familiar with them. I did not marry her at all. No, but Alex Gordon did. Alex Gordon? Yeah, the casting director. Of Sophie's Choice and Scarface? Yeah, who was in a a decade-long relationship with Louise Fitzhugh. We talked about her just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, she was known for her diversity in casting. Mm -hmm. So it's no wonder that they got along. At the University of Illinois, she worked as an assistant professor for at least two years before being the first woman appointed to the Institute of Advanced Study in 1964. She moved on from the University of Illinois to Guy's Hospital in London, where she worked from 1966 to 1969. Pause for Allison to say nice. 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 Because it's 69. Because it's 69. Yeah, it's a sex number. number. One of the funny numbers. It is one of the funny numbers, and I like it a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, In 69, she was offered the Chair of Pediatric and Genetic Research in London, which after great deliberation, she declined. Really? Yeah. That would have been pretty historic. Yeah. Um, But she went back to the States to continue her research as a professor of obstetrics, gynecology, and human genetics at Columbia University. Hmm, Have I heard of it? (laughs) Uh, Speaking of her research, uh, her first love, I guess, uh, is was genetics. She specifically studied the human chromosome uh, and the connection between human chromosomes and Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. To study human chromosomes, you need human DNA. Right. And it's easily accessible in ova and sperm. Mm-hmm. Now, sperm are very, very small. They are. So what she needed was human ova, mm-hmm. eggs. But that's very hard to get. Very hard to get because they live right up in your in your ovaries. Can't you just like slice someone open and go ding, ding, boom? No, nope, because then they'd probably... Bad stuff would happen, and either the woman or the eggs would die. Ah. Probably. We don't want the woman to die for ethical reasons, and we don't Correct. want the eggs to die because for science reasons. Science. What she did was she took a technique that had been used on small mammals. She adapted and perfected a laparoscopic egg harvesting technique that had minimal damage and danger to, you know, human ova haver, uh, and got her five or six eggs per harvest, essentially. That's incredible. Yeah. And this she did this in the 60s. In the 60s? In the 60s. Wow. 
as a woman in science. And I could see how All that... impressive things. Yeah. Say, did that technique for being able to harvest eggs have any kind of lasting impact on our society or medical You know, history? it sure did. What? Let's continue on with her, uh, her career. Mm-hmm. And maybe it'll come up again. <gasps> After she returned to the States in 1970, she continued her research, as I said, as a professor of obstetrics, gynecology, and human genetics at Columbia University, where she was the first woman appointed to an endowed chair at the University College of Physicians and Surgeons. Dang, hell yeah. She was the first woman to do a lot. Yeah. An endowed chair is like, um, like a deanship, right? Um, it's like a position that is paid for in perpetuity with funds that were specifically donated to fund that position. Um, and then more revenue is generated by investing the, the principal fund and like only 5% of it is paid out a year. So basically it just exists forever. Okay. Um, the cool thing about them is that when the, the appointed chair can use that money to like improve curriculum and get new materials and, and um, supplies and stuff and really just improve their their whole department. academia department thing. So she essentially was in charge of like running a department? Yeah. Right. Like a big one too. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty important. Yeah. And just five years later, she was appointed uh, the director for the university's Center for Reproductive Sciences. That also seems very important. Also seems very important. Yes, it was. Because uh, just eight years later, uh, in, eight, in 1983, the very first baby was born via in vitro fertilization. Oh, I've heard of in vitro fertilization. Yeah. In vitro fertilization, or IVF, is a process in which you remove ova and sperm from you know, human couple who want baby and can't do one the old-fashioned way, and you put it together to uh, promote fertilization, and then you take those fertilized ova, reimplant them in the uterus of the uterus haver, and hopefully it makes a baby. Mm-hmm. Did they, by any chance, use that technique that she perfected earlier in this podcast episode? They sure did, Allison. What? She was actually in charge of setting up the entire lab and the entire system for obtaining eggs. Like, that was her job. Um, In an interview, she said, I knew what healthy human eggs looked like. Not a lot of people did at the time. So I saw every embryo that went through here. She probably also handled most of the eggs, too, since you literally had to physically manipulate them pretty much the entire time. Oh, man. I never thought of that. Yeah. Like, you have to pick them up with a tiny little suction tweezers. And put them over here in a little jar and then put some sperm in there and then be like, hey, babies, (laughs) get together now. And sometimes if the sperm have low motility, you have to guide the sperm into the egg. It's wild. IVF is wild. But every single baby born through an IVF procedure owes their life to Dr. Aguello even today because they still use her technique today. Dang, Almost 60 years later. And she was a gay woman. And she was a gay woman. Thank God for gays. Yeah. You're welcome, straights. <laughs> um, Please cut that. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> <laughs> she would have had to be a pretty confident and strong woman just to be in medicine in the 50s and 60s to begin with. But being a director of this team, she actually had to, like, stop one of the head doctors from implanting an embryo about five years before the first successful birth because it was 
contaminated. Like visually, she could see the embryo in the tube mm-hmm. contaminated. Um, and those parents, potential parents rather, sued the hospital. And she had to testify in court that it would have been potentially deadly to implant. And that directly contradicted like her boss. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine directly contradicting no. anyone with vague authority over me. <laughs> right. I need my job to live. And, and I don't want people to be mad at me. Yeah. She that just would be seems so hard. really strong and badass, frankly. And I'm guessing like her boss, since she was already so like acclaimed and high up there, her boss probably was also a huge expert in the field. So contradicting an yes. expert also on top of that. Yes. Just to save the life. Yeah. Um, as I said before, reproduction wasn't her first interest, but it was a byproduct of studying the genetics of Down syndrome, which she continued to study for over 40 years. Her research into Downs has led to a massive increase in understanding of how environmental factors and chemical exposures affect fetal development, mm-hmm. just in general, not even specific to Downs, like how things travel through amniotic fluid and things like that. It led to dozens of scientific accomplishments, but obviously no final answers about Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1977, she was awarded Columbia University's Distinguished Service Award by the Physicians and Surgeons. And she said about Down syndrome, we simply couldn't solve it with the methods of our time. Somewhere there is a small clue which will allow us to develop the technology to ask and answer the right question. I would love to see the answer in my existence. She didn't. No, she right. didn't. Yeah. She didn't because she she's dead and we still yeah. don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most um, the government knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine the government knowing something? <laughs> Wild. Um, you would think, given her success, that she probably didn't struggle with like money much. Yeah, I would say that she was a um, prestigious professor at one of the best universities in the country. She probably, in the science field, non, mm-hmm, no, mm-hmm. in a uh, very lucrative subset of the mm-hmm, science field. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she probably was pretty well off. No. What? No. Um, she actually said that money was all pretty much always an issue, but she dealt with it with working part-time jobs and finding scholarships and loans. Oh, dang. So basically... In, with her like full-time work and research she was also working constantly to find money i'm sure like getting the endowed chair helped there mm-hmm. but then she wasn't at on she wasn't the chair for very long so <laughs> i don't know it was an interview that asked her like what were the biggest issues you faced she said it was money mm-hmm. every time like that was the issue yeah wild capitalism is wild and it doesn't like science mm-hmm. The extra work was worth it to Dr. Yagello. She said, the important thing is to remember the place where you find the most joy. For me, that was at my bench looking down through the microscope at my work. This must be the first priority. That way you always have that little piece of happiness each day. That's really nice. That's just straight good advice. I've been trying to think of like what brings me joy for like potential future careers yeah, it's nice I've... to think about, like, what you could do instead or what you might want to do 10, 20 years down the line. Like, Yeah, what would I do for free? Yeah, exactly. For me, that used to be nannying. And you did that for a good, solid, drink of time? I and sure did, and go now i got to figure out the next chapter. Um, but yeah, I, I've been trying to find, you know, my little piece of happiness every day. Lately, it's been trying to get up and do two or three solid hours of 
productive work in the morning before I let myself play a bunch of video games. <laughs> anyway, Dr. Yagiello uh, was both the professor emeritus of obstetrics and gynecology and also the professor emeritus of genetics and development at Columbia. And she retired in 2006 after a 40-year career. And that's part of why I couldn't find like much else about her that wasn't academic because yeah. 40 years worth of academic papers show up first. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but she contributed so much to science and medicine. That was her life. And yeah. she was really good at it. And we owe her a lot. And it sounds like she didn't do a lot of like pop medicine or no. science. And so that's probably why she doesn't have a Wikipedia. Yeah. She's not super well known. Yeah. Which is wild because she's so important. She it is wild. Like the other two directors so of the project do have Wikipedia pages, but... It's whatever, I guess. <laughs> Were they men? Mm-hmm. They sure are. Um, I do know that in 1991, she started dating Alex Gordon. <gasps> I've heard of her. They got married in 2013 when they were 86 and 91 years old. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Alex was born April 10th, 1922 in Dayton, Ohio, and attended Hollywood High School and the University of Tucson. She worked as a disc jockey on a jazz station and acted and sang with a big band before she moved to New York City, where she actually made a living as an actress. And that's probably where she, you know, met Louise Fitzhugh and had that lovely little relationship. That's so cool. I had no idea that she, like, was an actress and also sang yeah, in a big she, band. Yeah, she, like, acting led her into casting in the 60s, first for theater, then film and television. As you said in your episode about Fitzhugh, she cast many award-winning films. She herself won a primetime Emmy in 1991, and she was known for her strength of character, talent, and her heart of gold. Aw, she sounds wonderful. In an industry often characterized by big egos and questionable ethics, Alex remained a steadfast advocate for honesty, diversity, and casting, and was known for her good humor and sarcastic wit. Ah, oh, man, it would have been so fun I to hang out. Still that last line from her obituary. <laughs> It would have been so fun to hang out with Alex and Georgiana together. Yeah, they just seem cool. Georgiana, by all accounts, was a kind woman who smiled easily and often and who loved sports cars. <laughs> Specifically, right. Jaguars. She owned at least two brand new Jaguars in the 60s, including a brand new 1962 E-Type Jaguar in British Racing Green, just like the one James Bond drives in Dr. No. Is that why she had money problems? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how she got these cars. I don't know. <laughs> I found a personal anecdote from someone who had actually met her when she was working as an assistant professor uh, at University of Illinois. They drove into the country once, barely knew each other, and this was mm -hmm. the only real time they spent together, but they drove into the country once to test the speed of his new sports car, and they got pulled over. But because the officer couldn't prove how fast they were going, they were only issued a warning. <laughs> nice. After they got married, Georgiana and Alex spent the rest of their lives living in Duxbury, Massachusetts. Georgiana, unfortunately, died just a few years after they got married in 2015 mm -hmm. when she was 88. And Alex lived only three years after her, died just last December when she was 96. Wow. I wish that I could be friends with Georgiana and high five her because my friend Gia exists because of her. Thanks. Yeah. I was just google internet says that approximately um eight million babies have been born as of last year eight more than eight million babies have been born since the world's first one dang and it's because of her yeah eight million babies are alive because she wanted to look at eggs mm -hmm. 
what yeah. a great lady and yeah i think i think that's it we already talked about how you can support us rate and review or subscribe to our patreon uh you can also follow vintage lesbians on twitter instagram and facebook all of that is at vintage lespod that's vintage l-e-s-p-o-d you can also send us an email at vintage lespod at gmail.com vintage l-e-s-p-o-d at gmail.com you can follow us on our personal pages i'm at justashan underscore on twitter and instagram and you can find me on the internet at allison humphreys only one L. Just the one. And my Humphrey says a Y in it. <laughs> Good luck. You can do it. We believe in you. Mm-hmm. And also, we love you. And also, I don't really care if you follow me that much, so I'm okay. I care deeply. Follow Shan. And also me, because if Shan gets a lot of followers from our podcast and I don't, I'll be a little... I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. You'll be fine. I'll be fine. Anyway, that's been our episode. Thank you, as always, to Leslie for our beautiful logo design. Leslie, you're a treasure. You're a treasure and we love you. Love you so much. We appreciate everything you do to our lives and bring to us. Oh, so many kisses and hugs being sent to you right now. Thank you so much for teaching me about these science lesbians. Thank you for receiving my knowledge. And thank you for listening, everyone out there. Knowledge transfer complete. I love you. I love you. Bye. Bye. And that was Vintage Lesbians. Love is love, bitches.